I'm Steph Hansen, faculty at Iowa State University. And I'm Mary Janowski, faculty at the University of Nebraska. When we started our faculty positions, we quickly realized how important mentoring can be to the success of our graduate students and our programs. Using the principles of community, communication, and curiosity, we'll give you actionable tips to become a better graduate student mentor based on what we've learned during our mentoring journey. We've We've made the mistakes, so you don't have to, because mentoring matters. Welcome to the Mentoring Matters podcast. We thought we'd start out with a little background about ourselves. We became friends in graduate school, studying cattle nutrition, and as faculty members, we serve as each other's sounding board about a variety of topics. One topic that has repeatedly entered our conversations has been how to develop strong, independent graduate students and our struggles to be effective mentors. We have very different faculty appointments. Mary is 70% extension and 30% research, and I'm 70% research and 30 teaching. And we often take different approaches to the same problem. Like so many aspects of our job, faculty generally don't receive explicit training on how to be good graduate student mentors. In this podcast, we're going to talk about what we've learned over the years and what we're still learning today about how to be a great graduate student and postdoc mentor. Because we all know high quality, intentional mentoring really does matter. So without further ado, let's get into our topic of the week. Okay, Mary, our question of the week is, what is the single best thing you've done to improve your graduate student mentoring? Yeah, it took me a while to get started on this one. But for me, I think the single best thing was actually starting regularly scheduled individual meetings with my students. What about you? Yeah, I totally agree. I think one of the things I learned fairly early was that graduate students really benefited from that structure. So um, we've talked before about how almost paralyzing the freedom of moving from an undergraduate program to a graduate program can be. These students go from being super scheduled 18 credit hours type students, and all of a sudden they feel like they have all of this time and they don't know what to do with it. Yeah, so how do you really set it up? What I've done in my program has tried to do kind of an individual student level structure and then a group level structure. With my graduate group, so at any one time, I might have between four and six graduate students and then maybe a postdoc as a part of the group as well, because I'm a pretty heavy research appointment in contrast to yours. What I do is we meet every two weeks with the full graduate group. And I think that that's really important in part because we start to build that community of learners, as we like to call them, by having that group meeting. So we set that schedule different every semester, depending on the students' schedules and my schedules. And so during those meetings every two weeks, we'll cover a variety of very research-dependent topics, but also other things like some soft skills and things like that that they really can work with. So I know you do your your individual meetings a little bit differently than I do. So do you want to talk about that? Well, sure. So for me, I like to meet weekly with my students. And and in contrast to you, I may have two to four students commonly. Um, And so we meet for about an hour every week. And uh, I do a lot of traveling in my extension appointment. So it's actually easier for me to just go ahead. We get it scheduled for the semester. And then if we have to make changes, we do. But a lot of times I find that I can, you know, 
take a meeting room in a hotel or even pull off the side of the road and talk to the students either by phone or via Zoom. So it works really well just to go ahead and have a consistent time period where the students know I'm going to be available to answer their questions, to give them guidance about next steps. We check in on goals, all of those fun things that I think are really, really helpful for them to make progress consistently. Yeah, I totally agree. So when I um, moved to having a really kind of pretty rigidly scheduled grad group, not only did I have these group meetings every two weeks, but my individual meetings are every other week with a one-on-one with the graduate student, and they're about an hour. And so I think one of the things to consider when deciding how to put this kind of structure into your program is how big your group is, how much time you want to dedicate to it. And I think one of the things that we've talked about before is realizing that this time commitment looks kind of scary from the outside, right? Like, you know, I spend at least six individual hours with my students every other week, and you maybe do more than that with your weekly meetings. But I think we agree that they are the most productive and effective, and dare I say, efficient meetings of any meetings that we do in our faculty positions. For sure. I mean, I think one of the things is that the students know we're going to have this meeting and the onus is is really on them. And that sounds like I'm trying to put off a work, but they know that, you know, they have that time period. So they write lists of questions that they have during the week, things that pop up. They're like, you know, I really want to discuss that with Mary. Or um, we have our goal setting at during that meeting. And so they're going to come in and tell me all about what they've worked on, any trouble that they're having so we can troubleshoot together. And then it really does help them make progress. The reason why I said it was the number one thing that I've done that has had a huge impact is because, as you mentioned, that transition from undergrad to graduate school and how challenging that can be. And early on, the students are really at a loss on what, what's expected of me, right? It's very independent. You want them to become independent and you want them to be self-engaged, self-learners. And this is how you can kind of guide them there, get them started. And it really does become a great time where we get to communicate about the science as well, which is fun, right? Yeah, I agree. So just even thinking about some of the meetings I've had with my graduate students here in the last couple of months, some of the ones that really just make me smile are the ones where we spent almost an entire hour just talking about some new paper, some new piece of science that they've discovered. And getting, you know, those students have time to get into the literature that we as faculty regretfully just do not have. And it's so exciting to see them growing as scientists and, and digging into the literature. And bringing that passion and enthusiasm to, you know, your in-person or your video call or whatever, and really helping them, you know, kind of guide their science and see where it needs to go. The other piece I wanted to mention about why I'm such a fan of the structure component like we're talking about here today is this idea of accountability. As a teacher, I have learned that accountability is my single biggest tool in my toolbox, right? And so if I can hold a student accountable through their lear- for their learning through an exam or a quiz or a discussion board on Canvas, those are all tools that I can then turn around and apply to our graduate student mentoring. And I think that this idea of the individual meetings works so well because students know that that's a free time to ask any questions that have been on their mind. And we should note that we both have very open door policies. Our students can come see us at any time. We routinely drop in and talk to them. But it's a little different than these structured meetings where 
I know that they're going to come to me with a new statistics question or a new piece of data, a new figure for that paper that they're working on. And they know that I expect that. So it gives these kind of built-in deadlines so that we don't end up in these cases where the last semester of a student's graduate program, they're just trying to cram in all of the writing, all of the data analysis, all the last minute lab work, because, you know, they were just doing other things earlier on and they weren't thinking about starting to make those contributions towards their thesis or their dissertation. And I think the accountability piece has just been huge for us in terms of the success we see um, with the quality of graduate students we're producing. Yeah, I think, you know, your comment about helping them get started early in their program with making progress is probably the number one reason why I love it. Because early on, you know, my first few graduate students, it seemed to be a common occurrence where we got to the end and we were scrambling, right? They started realizing how much stuff they had left to get accomplished and it became stressful on them and stressful on me. And this has revolutionized how that process happens because up front, very early on, we can start working through, okay, this is all the things that has to be done. And when they start just getting going on it, they realize how much time it takes and it becomes less of a, oh, Mary's trying to make me do this and more of a, I see Mary's actually helping me. And I think that's, uh, it's kind of fun because it becomes more of a relationship where they actually see me as somebody who's really just trying to be helpful and they get to know a little bit more about me. They know what's going on consistently in my life. And I'm not talking about my personal life, but even in my professional life. And I think that really helps them to connect and, and not be scared to ask those questions that maybe seem like, well, I should know this, right? Because there's a lot of things I think students really feel like they should know. And so they're afraid to ask it. And if they just would go ahead and get it asked, learn that new thing, it could help them make so much more progress. I think that's a really good point. So I heard a couple of good things in there. One of them would be about the um, relationships. And one of the things we're probably going to cover in a future podcast episode will be this idea of what we like to call your shared humanity. And, you know, it's this idea that God forbid our students should think that we're people and vice versa, (laughs) right? Like, you know, so, you know, helping them see that you know, we're excited about the science, but we also, you know, have developed good work-life balance habits. You know, as a, as a mentor, one of the greatest gifts that we can give to our students is modeling the behaviors that we want them to do for us, right? The same way we're always trying to train our more senior students in the lab to try to model those great behaviors of, you know, studying hard and, and doing critical thinking exercises and whatever else, so that they can can show those to the more junior members of of the lab group and or the research group and help them kind of take that forward. So I think I know that that's one of the things that you and your grad students sometimes spend quite a bit of time in your grad meetings just talking about what's going on and maybe yep. you could share a little bit about, you know, some of the benefits that you've seen from that. Well, I think one of the hardest things for me, especially because I tend not to be one of those people who uh, really likes to have all my feelings out there is connecting and and not coming across as cold. And one of the great things about having regular meetings is we usually start off with a kind of a little bit of an update of what happened in the week. And that's both of us. So they kind of know what's going on. They also know when I've got something that's really uh, going to take a lot of my time, for instance, 
or when something exciting happens. I work with this producer and we come up with a solution. I might talk to them a little bit about problem and the solution. And so they get a little learning in, but they also get to see me as somebody beyond just their professor, right? And they tell me about what's going on in their life. And sometimes that really does help me guide them and what their goals are going to be for the week, because, you know, sometimes they have something coming up that's going to be stressful or take a lot of time that may be personal. And it changes my expectations. And it also helps, you know, it helps our relationship relationship be more positive. So I think that's always good because I have a better understanding of what's going on with them and they have a better understanding of what's going on with me. And I do use these to hold them accountable, but also I use these meetings for them to hold me accountable to get that stuff back to them. Like for instance, if if they write up a section on their lit review or a paper that I'm going to take the time to get it read, to provide feedback. And boy, it's so much better to talk through those comments and those edits in person, even if it is virtually or on the phone than it ever is in an email or just sending them back the document. That was one of the biggest mistakes I made early on was just sending them back the edits and the tone didn't always come across. It, it seemed like, you know, I have a habit of here's all the things you need to fix. And I don't tell them all the things they did really well. And so it comes off more negative. And in the conversation, it's really easy to do, to really tell them about what was great and what they should continue to do. And then also, you know, maybe you should consider changing this. So I think our audience hopefully is picking up the fact that since we've implemented these structured scheduled meetings into our graduate programs. We've obviously feel like we've seen a lot of benefit from them, but we're actually hinting at a lot of the things that we're going to talk about in this podcast series. So building relationships in the shared humanity, accountability, deadlines, planning. And one of my favorite topics is understanding individual students' preferences or personalities. This idea that, you know, my personality type is very much I don't need to have platitudes. I don't need um, somebody to spend a lot of time asking how my day was. I'm this. I'm the person in the meeting is like, get over the small talk already, people. Let's move on to the agenda and have it be really quick, rapid fire, efficient, and move on with my day. And it's really funny because I'm that's my personality. And every one of my graduate students that I have currently is not at all like that. They are so concerned about what individuals and other people feel, which is amazing because it makes them such good team members right now. Like my team is so tight because they all are very invested in each other. And it's this really great strength that I have had to learn how to shore up my own weakness in that perspective from learning from them. Um, so we're definitely going to spend some time digging into that, I think, on a future episode. I think you you maybe missed two other big, big major components. One would be communication, right? And I think this really helps with communication. You know, I mentioned about uh, putting the onus on the students. Well, when I start a meeting, it's almost always what's on your mind. They They bring the majority of the agenda to the meeting. I may have a few things on my mind, like some opportunities that might be popping up or some things that I wanted to provide feedback on. But really, that meeting is is all about them. And they tell me what's on their mind. They, they have their questions. And the students oftentimes will bring up things that, you know, came out in the week that they had questions about that maybe they wouldn't have asked me if they had had to take the time to, you know, walk to my office and and come talk to me because they felt like it wasn't important enough to interrupt. A lot of times they're really important questions and they're really useful for their learning. And so I think that's really important. So communication and then curiosity, right? Allowing them to ask those questions and to let them know we don't know all the answers. That Their job as graduate students is to create new knowledge. 
And part of that is they have to learn what we already know, but then they also have to use that thought process to kind of come up with, well, what do we think is going to happen? What's their hypothesis? And having those just that casual conversation about the science and what they're learning um, helps them see that, yeah, we don't always know it. And we'll pose questions back to them and they'll go search the literature for us and they'll talk about what they've learned. And it's just so fun. Awesome. Well, I think we're probably coming up on our time here together today. So can you think of anything that we missed or any final thoughts that we need before we wrap up? I think the last thing I would say is don't be afraid of the time commitment. I was kind of hesitant to start this because I thought, man, I do not have the time for this. But I have learned I definitely have the time for this. It makes such a huge impact. I would absolutely second that. Um, Like I said before, I have a pretty large group, so it can be a pretty significant time commitment, but it is 100% worth it. I've seen so many benefits from bringing this kind of structure into our graduate mentoring program. So thanks for joining us today for our very first episode of the Mentoring Matters podcast. We'd like to hear from you. Our show will be on YouTube, and the link to that will be in the show notes for wherever you're listening to the podcast from. And we'd encourage you to use this comments section to tell us about your thoughts on our question of the week so we and others can learn from you. Just a reminder, our question of this week was, what is the single best thing you've done to improve your graduate student mentoring? So thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time.